beat me if you can survive if I let you. my sinners when father evil starts his day he gets a little deadly deadly grounds coffee has the richest smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere it's sinfully delicious once you go deadly you never go back order yours at getdeadly.com coffee's so good it's scary Folks, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> well, yeah, you got some zombies in your wrestling this week, folks. How about them, Granny Smiths? We'll get into that fuckery in a little bit. <laughs> but if you saw at the top of the show, we gave the 10 bell salute to Rest in Power, Jerome Young, New Jack. Yeah, was a sad, uh, some sad news there in the wrestling world this week is. Everyone's favorite real-life psychopath, who was actually, believe it or not, a very nice man, New Jack, did pass away this week from a heart attack. He was only, what, I should have wrote this down, 58 or something like that, something I think. Like that, yeah. I can't say I'm all that surprised. New Jack definitely wasn't the guy that seemed like he was going to have that long of a run in life. He loved his cocaine. He was not bashful about that. Um, the guy, though, he was a legit badass, uh, just like Bam Bam was in real life. He was a bounty hunter at one point. Um, he, like, I, I got to meet him a couple of times at the old ECW shows. And, you know, you watch his matches with the gangsters, anything he did in ECW, any of his matches in general. Um, and oh. you know, you never met him. It's like you're expecting him, this guy, to just be a fucking nutbag, right? Couldn't have been cooler. Couldn't have been nicer. Uh, I actually met him outside of a some ECW house show years ago, and he asked my buddy Ross if he could have his tie-dye Bob Marley shirt that Ross was wearing because New Jack had forgotten his bandana for that night, and he tried and tried, pleaded with Ross, even invited us to go backstage. And I'm like, Ross, dude, really? What? Are you going to give him the fucking shirt now? Ross wouldn't budge. <laughs> didn't give him the shirt. So uh, props to Ross on that one. Miss you, buddy. Maybe but yeah, give it to him now. Yeah, um, New Jack was one in a million, dude. There'll definitely never be another New Jack because the world couldn't fucking handle it, that's for sure. <laughs> this is facts. But you know when New Jack was always on a card, you know you were going to get some sort of entertainment value from him, just like you would like a Mick Foley or a Terry Funk or a Tommy Dreamer. You knew he wasn't there to disappoint. He was there to entertain and literally give his fucking body on the line for for that card, for that company, for that match. 
Yeah, every single night. I saw him live at the old house shows there in EC Dub days uh, a bunch of times, and he never disappointed. You always knew you were going to guarantee get a good show out of New Jack if he was on the card. New Jack was obviously not the greatest wrestler in the world. I don't know if I ever actually saw him put on an actual hold in his entire career because he liked to hit people with shit. That was his gimmick. Then it worked for him. He liked to jump off shit. He'd jump off scaffoldings. He'd jump off. I saw him jump off a basketball hoop once uh, at some <laughs> arena that I was at for ECW. Um, I remember uh, being at, uh, I got to get my notes together here, uh, Danbury, Connecticut years ago for the ECW Living Dangerously pay-per-view when New Jack had the match with Vic, Vic Grimes and we all know how that one turned out. They were all at the top of the scaffolding, fell off. I mean, we were in the crowd, me and my buddies. We thought New Jack was dead. We thought Vic was dead. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most horrific things I have ever seen live in person. Uh, if you go back and watch the tape, my boy Hunter, Single H, he's actually on it right after they land. He's running around because everyone is like, whoa. If I'm not mistaken, I think New Jack actually got like wood shrapnel from the table they smashed through into his dick after oh. that. <laughs> yeah. So that just yeah. proves how gangster and hardcore he really was. Right. Um, I mean, who could forget? He had so many infamous moments in his career as well. The mass transit incident in ECW with a dumbass who lied about his age and got in the ring with New Jack and did not know what he was in store for. And New mm -hmm. Jack made pay for it, you know? And New Jack, I actually seen in interviews talk about the mass transit incident. He said the biggest thing for him was the way the kid showed no respect for the boys backstage. And, you know, there's New Jack probably just snorting an eight ball. He's like, well, fuck this punk. I'm going to show you what's up. And he sure he did. Him. <laughs> and, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, and just I was just going to say, of course, we have to mention the Gangsters because that was one of the greatest tag teams in ECW history. Those guys oh. broke down all kinds of barriers. They started out working down south in uh, uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling there, Jim Cornette's old promotion. And as unfortunately we all are aware, there's a lot of mean people out there, and a lot of those Southerners, the white guys, did not care for the gangsters, so they took full advantage of that. I remember seeing a promo, New Jack Cut down there, where he actually thanked his boy, O.J. Simpson, and this was, you know, years ago, uh, so definitely a bit more of a touchy subject, but he was a badass. He just didn't give a shit, and I love the guy, so here's to you, brother. Rest in power, my friends. There will never be another one because the world, like I said, just couldn't handle it. And if you if you want to know more on the New Jack story, go watch the Dark Side of the Ring on New Jack that uh, aired a few weeks ago. What a incredible job they did on that! Uh, yeah, that was from the second season last year. But yeah, the, if you want to see how many new how many people New Jack came that close to actually murdering in the ring, you should watch surprise you. <laughs> You're not going to find it on Peacock. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Or the Kids Channel Network. No, you're going to find it on a rated TVMA station. Mm -hmm. not, not the Family Channel, folks. Mm -mm. Well, speaking of Family Channel entertainment, how about that Shawn Michaels on A&E biography? Yes, another bang-up job by the folks over at A&E again. Those bios have been top-notch since the get-go, and I can't say I'm surprised. They always do quality work there at A&E. Uh, I remember seeing the Andre the Giant one previously. That was fantastic. And, yeah, the Sexy Boy, man. That was uh, – There's some eye-opening yeah. shit in there that I didn't even yeah. know. 
quite an in-depth look into the world of HBK. Um, I mean, we are all familiar with his track record of back in the day being a fucking asshole. And he self-admits he was a fucking asshole. Uh, all drugged up and what forth. Um, excuse me. Wow. I wasn't when, aware of how much Triple H was a big factor of keeping him alive. Uh, yeah, before he met his his wife, which who was a former Nitro girl, mm -hmm. uh, that's one the one that really got me because you know Shawn Michaels is, was like Cactus Jack to you, to as Michaels is to me. It's just you think you know all of that person and what their career is, and you watch something watch something like this, and you realize he was really really fucked up, not just fucked up. Mm. He was yeah. to the point of. Uh, after he lost, after uh, him and Ray's at WrestleMania 10, at one point, according to the documentary on AE, he mentioned to Triple H that he should have just taken a bunch of pills and killed himself that night. Then he would have went on yep. a legend. Yep. I pretty, mean, you know, uh, pretty, pretty up open shit. So, yeah. again, we say it all the time if you think these guys are all just glams and money and cars and bitches and hoes and all that, watch some of this shit. This shit will put a real eye opener to you. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, unless it's Godfather, then of course the hoes are a given. But yeah. train anyway. It's time <laughs> once again. Um, yeah, yeah, but can't say enough good things about the uh, A and E bios. They are awesome. Um, I was gonna. What the hell was the part I wanted to point out there when um, Triple H was talking about? You know, Michaels got to that point so far far beyond fucked up that he'd have to literally carry him up to his hotel room and make sure to put something on, on his side so he doesn't choke on his own puke and yeah pretty uh pretty gnarly stuff there man but um i love go check, I love go, go 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 check that out on a &E. again we, we are not sponsored or paid by a &E, but they do such oh. a great job on these um that any true wrestling fan should go and watch these they're about two hours long it's well worth it on everyone, but especially for me, the Shawn Michaels one, you know, how he turned his life around. I'm not going to spoil it, but go, you know, go peep it for yourselves. Mm -hmm. Discover the tall tale of the sexy boy. Highly recommended. And speaking of sponsorships and non-sponsorships, I should say, I real quick before we dive too far into our insanity here. I would like to be, uh, give a big shout out to Kojo's Toy World, the guys over there at 763 Purchase Street in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Got to go up there the other day with Single H, and I got to tell you, man, if you are in our age demographic, if you were born in the 80s, you're pushing 40, this store is for you. It's incredible. The amount of old school WWF action figures they have there, I... I just walked in and I felt like I was just going to get the biggest boner I've ever had. It was just, oh, everything. <laughs> He-Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Transformers. You got to go, folks. If Excuse me. I'm going to go. See you. <laughs> you do what you got to do, brother. I will take up from here. But, yes, please go check out the guys over at Kojo's Toy World at 763 Purchase Street in New Bedford. I mean, dude, check it out. This is what I got here. I got me a little Bendy Cactus Jack. Bang, bang. No shit. How would right. they said they said they they cut all the expensive prices? Are, are they reasonably priced over there? Their prices are awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong; they have some stuff that it's like wow. And Single H and I had to at least inquire. Not that we were exactly in the market for a lot of the stuff, but I mean, they have the original Megatron that turns into oh. a gun. 
I mean, they had this Macho Man official like Comic Con limited edition statue where he's like in this middle ring and he's got the Slim Jims and he's done up in the Slim Jim coat. Um, you know, so they got some really cool stuff that, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to pay for good stuff. That's the way the world works. But we were very surprised as well. Some of the stuff, a lot of it, very well priced, very reasonable, especially for people in uh, our um, tax bracket. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, once again, love these guys. Dude, old school aliens versus Predator. And to top it off, since this is a wrestling show after all. Dude, love. <laughs> yeah dude vintage dude right there so please go check him out on facebook kojo's toy world.com at 763 purchase streets in new bedford massachusetts thank you let's, again guys for one of the best days i've had in a long time let's not leave out who you met there oh sir. yes yes that's Don't right one of, that the, out. one of the greatest heels of all time one of my all-time mentors growing up greatest mentors growing up the one the only from Eternia, Skeletor. That's right, folks. We met Skeletor. This is just another reason why you got to go. Because you never know. Skeletor might pop back in. So, do it up, guy. And we are neither paid nor sponsored by Kojo's Toy World. Nope. We just want to give them a shout-out because their shit kicks ass. Yeah. No, those guys over there are so nice. Wicked cool. The store is just absolutely incredible. I did this. I told them I was going to do this. I'm not getting paid. I just thought it was worth it because it's pretty awesome, folks. So, Go on to New Bedford and check it out. It's tough to uh to walk into a in a place of business and get customer service that friendly. Oh yeah, I did. Like, yeah, no, the, uh, these guys, we were chatting with them about all kinds of cool stuff. They just couldn't have been nicer. And um, they also buy and sell toys. So not just buying or selling, but buying as well. So if you got something sitting up in uh Pappy's attic there, folks, might want to go check it out. Maybe you're sitting on some coinage, you never know. Woo! Go check them Woo! out. Go check them out. Definitely. All right, all right. So, um, I guess it's time to get down to the old nitty gritty. There, the we got one show. more sponsor we got unmentioned. Oh shit! Duh. Our Duh. actual sponsor, the yeah. Podcast Network. Yes, yes. Keeping us afloat, keeping us on the air. Thank you guys for doing all you do for us and over at Center Sundays on uh, every other Sunday here at Hell Entertainment YouTube and Facebook. Uh, as they are also sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee, because who doesn't like a little zombie in their coffee in the morning? So make well, sure you go check out. Apparently, we found out to answer your question, the WWE gets <laughs> like some zombies in his coffee after what we saw this weekend, folks. <laughs> so, should we just dive into that shitty named pay per view? Um, you know what? I figure you want to just go in order with the whole reviews here. I got the little, uh, we kick it off with the dynamite. Breakdown, Dynamite Report. Yeah. We'll, like. we'll do the we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the yeah. SmackDown. We'll do the Backlash. We'll do the Raws. We'll hop into wrestlers who shouldn't make music. And then the coup de gras, folks. The icing on the cake. Ooh, We're going to first into the plane ride from hell. But before we get to all that, here is your AEW, if I could talk, AEW Dynamite Recap. For this past Wednesday night in the curtain jerker of this past Wednesday evening, we saw the defending IWGP United States champion John Moxley put his title on the line against a man you may remember who had a stint in WCW many moons ago, Mr. Yuji Nagata. And after a decent eight minutes plus of action, Moxley came away victorious. I Got to mention, too, I definitely dug the uh, Ricky Vaughn Wild Thing entrance on the part of John Moxley, by the way. I'm a huge fan of Charlie Sheen and Major League, one of the greatest films of all time. So 
Absolutely. Way to go, Mox. Wow, thing. Later on, the Inner Circle demanded a rematch against the Pinnacle at the upcoming Double or Nothing pay-per-view after coming up short two weeks ago at Blood and Guts. Santana was absent from the show as it was revealed that MJF pressed charges against him and had him detained after Santana went to work on MJF's face with a fork, a la Abdullah the Butcher style the previous week. I just This is why I love wrestling. It's shit like this. That's just... just <laughs> We know he didn't go to jail, but yeah, no, it's wrestling. You know, if that was the case, can you imagine if wrestlers really like every time Vince had Stone Cold arrested, arrested? Can you imagine what his real record would be? Right now? It'd be a huge oh, ass yeah. fucking rap sheet. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. So uh, the Pinnacle came out for their coronation ceremony, complete with MJF wearing a crown and god awful Pepto Bismol looking pink suit, as he informed everyone that there would be no rematch for you so that prompted the inner circle to come out in an army jeep that had a spray cannon attached to it so you know what that means it was time for a little bit of the bubbly yes jericho popped out of the back sporting a cast on his arm after the hellacious encounter with the pinnacle at blood and guts and the pinnacle got douche they get totally got douched in the ring as Sammy Guevara manned the hose, MJF then reluctantly gave in to what will be a Stampede 2 match at the pay-per-view later this month. But this rematch, ooh, Lord of Mercy, it features a very heavy, heavy stipulation because if the pinnacle comes out on top again, then the inner circle must disperse forever. Will this spend the end of the inner circle? We will indeed discover the answer live on pay-per-view coming up on May 30th. Also last Wednesday, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes cut a pretty, pretty powerful promo, I will say. That's right, folks. He's proud to be from America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> not, he does not take kindly to the recent actions of one Anthony Agogo. So that can mean only one thing. There's going to be a showdown at Double or Nothing. Cody has yeah. also stated that he's going back to his roots and embracing his legendary father's American dream persona. Now, without question, one of the absolute highlights of last Wednesday's Dynamite was the AEW World Tag Team title match that pitted current champions, the Bucks of Youth, up against the number one contenders, SCU. This one definitely had that big match feel heading in because, as you may recall, SCU made a decision a few weeks back that the next time they were to lose a match, they would officially end their longtime partnership. And I, I tell you what, Bobby, they did not disappoint in this match extremely hard-hitting quick-paced edge of your seat action from bell to bell but when is it was all said and done frankie gazarian and a ridiculously bloody christopher daniels were forced to go their separate ways after getting the screw job from the young bucks and for anyone who watched that match oh my god dude when christopher daniels was out at ringside and they cut to him real quick it was like a faucet of blood just coming out of his house or out of yeah out of his house out of his out head of his house, huh? Out of his house, house. Bo's house head. So yeah, I I just love seeing it again. Good old fashioned quality bloodshed. So anywho, moving on. 
Christian cut a promo as he issued a challenge against all of Team Taz, but apparently he's got to wait as he himself was challenged to a match by Matt Seidel for tomorrow night. Also during the show, Thunder Rosa defeated Jasmine Allure. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy got knocked the fuck out for real. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't part of the old uh, storyline there, folks. Uh, he took on Pat to determine who would challenge the current AEW World Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega at double or nothing. And the finish, uh, well, had to be kind of rewritten on the fly because uh, it was later revealed that Cassidy had actually been knocked unconscious during the bout. So Omega, Omega did a run-in, decked back from behind with the belt, and then Don Callis' stupid giant head came out to join the fray and inform the world that the champ would not be attending the pay-per-view, but that plan didn't last as Tony Schiavone came out and stated that Tony Khan had ordered a triple threat match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship between Pac, Cassidy, and Kenny Omega at double or nothing. And that brings us to the main event for the May 12th edition of Dynamite, which featured some high stakes of its own as the reigning defending TNT champion Darby Allen continued his open challenge against the Mighty Man Beast Miro. Now, as we all are well aware, Darby was jumped last week from behind and subsequently thrown down a concrete staircase. So the odds were already stacked against everyone's little favorite gothic skateboarder heading into the match. This was a very brutal, brutal bout. I wish I could talk today. I don't know what my problem is, but very brutal bout. I did not uh, expect anything other than that because... Miro is a monster, and Darby is insane and takes some of the best bumps I've seen in a, a long, long time. Um, but Miro did dominate throughout, and unfortunately for Darby, it was not his day as he was forced to tap out to the game over. I actually did not know his camel clutch is now called the game over camel clutch. I don't know if that's a jab at Triple H. If it is, it's kind of funny. Kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thus crowning a new TNT champion. And I thought this was actually a very smart move on the part of AW. Very good booking here. The move made sense to put the belt on Miro. The TNT title is obviously like their version of the IC belt. So you move on up through the ranks, and yeah, I can dig it, Daddy. So excellent job on Dynamite. I was very impressed. Woo! Good job, Dynamite. Woo! I did um, not get the chance to catch any of the Dynamite show on Wednesday and or SmackDown, oh. so I apologize for my lack of participation. Yeah, definitely go back and check out Dynamite. Um, just you got to see how bloody Christopher Daniels was. Oh, it was fucking awesome. Um, SmackDown, I just got to spend like five seconds on this because all it was was just a big buildup for... The WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view, which did take place. Ayúdame en este momento. Ah, hold on, sorry. Hey, now. Sorry about that. Welcome to the jungle. I don't know what that was, but. <laughs> oh, you'll see in a minute. Once you finish oh, wow. SmackDown, Ooh. I'm going to show you. Something to look forward to. Well, then let's get to it. To it. Backlash. Uh, yeah, we saw Rhea Ripley versus Oscar versus Charlotte for the new Raw or for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, oh shit, you know, you know what? I'm reading the uh... nope, I'm sorry, I'm reading the back. <laughs> there <laughs> we go. Not Whoa, we ain't not there yet. It's still Friday, folks. All right, so yeah, all right, as I was saying before, Friday night was just a little 
promo basically the whole show was for the upcoming wrestlemania backlash pay-per-view which took place stupid on stupid name so stupid i don't understand it we i know we bring it up every week if you watch us every week and if you do fuck yeah you're awesome but I don't get it. Why does it have to be called WrestleMania Backlash? It never has been before. Backlash has been around for how many years? Many backlashes. Many, many backlashes. Many, many French fries. So um, the Women's SmackDown Tag Team Championship was on the line. And what do you know? We got new champs there, buddy. I saw it's that. Mm -hmm. The feud between Nia Jax and Shauna Blazer and Tamina and Natalia unfortunately continued. So... Maybe now Tamina and Natalia walking away with the belts. Now that Vince has that whole no rematch clause, which I think is dumb. I always like the rematch. If you drop the belt to somebody, you should get a rematch. But yeah. So I guess uh, maybe if that's the case, they're going to have to move on and pair them up with somebody else, which is fine by me. Storyline's been going on since Mania, and I don't care. It's all gone. Rey Mysterio picked up the win over Bobby Roode. Shinsuke Nakamura lost to King Corbin. <clears throat> However, he did manage to steal King Corbin's royal crown, so there's something. Not really. I wish they would just use Nakamura right or let him go. Let him go back to Japan or AEW. Stop wasting his talents. Anyway. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. In the main event, Cesaro scored a victory via disqualification over Jimmy Uso after some interference from... Show. So that is your SmackDown breakdown. Before we hop into the WrestleMania backlash, I have a little something for you because you mentioned it. Yeah, I see. I cannot hit curveball. Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curveball, that's our friend. I asked Joe Boo to come. Take fear from bats. I offered him cigar. Wrong. He woke up. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Shit, Harris. Ah. Jesus. I like him very much. But he no help with curveball. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Okay, Harris, let's not start a holy war here. <laughs> Wouldn't leave a rum sitting around out here with this group. <laughs> it's very bad to steal Joe Boo's rum. He's very bad. <laughs> yeah, why well, right. not? Hey, don't apologize. The movie rules. I had to play some some major league. You mentioned Charlie Sheen major league, and I was like, yeah, we need dude. some. We need some fucking, uh, some Joe Boo. Some Joe Boo in the house, dude. Yes. Wait, it, why not? It's one of the greatest films of all time, and it's our fucking show, so why not add a little Major League? We do what the fuck we want. <laughs> we can do what the fuck we want. Yeppers. So, uh, well, I guess if we're going to stay in order of the week. We, well, we kind of have to. I mean, you can't really jump to Raw. Back well, you got to smack down. Did you? I'm just gonna be honest with it. Did you watch Raw? Because I didn't see anything. Sorry, I was watching the Bruins game. Much more important than three hours of Raw. Fact. Uh, <laughs> I watched a few matches on Raw. Uh, I got the results and all that, so we can I can run through the matches on that and the results. 
Uh, you will be surprised by the main event Ooh. at what transpired. Probably not pleasantly, I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> might be pleasantly, depending on your on your take. Depending um, on my forte, eh? So let's uh, let's hop in the back last year real quick. Let's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when I, I watched the replay. I didn't watch it live because, well, I had a shit ton of shit going on on Sunday. I had a wedding expo. I had the other podcast. <clears throat> I didn't have fucking time to watch it. So I watched it yesterday. Yeah, I uh, actually flipped on the replay today because on Sunday I had a lot to do between drinking some beers and watching hockey. So I <laughs> waited. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I put on the replay, it did not start off with the kickoff match of uh, Sheamus versus I can't pronounce his fucking last name. Ricket. Rickety Cricket. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, it didn't play that 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 kickoff match, so I didn't get to see Sheamus. Um, yeah, they didn't put that on there. Um, this is another thing, dude. I don't know about this whole Peacock merger. I don't like it. Yo, Joshua Snare. Thanks for saying hello, buddy. Guy Manly is back Your shirt is on its way, my friend. Don't you worry about that. I got you money. taken care of. Yes. Money, 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 he says. Um, but yeah. So yeah um, I didn't see the, the, they didn't put the kickoff match on there, which I thought was pretty fucking lame. Yeah. And what I was going to get to there before, I don't, this is another thing I don't like about the Peacock WWE merger, the network was so much better. You'd get that pre-show and you'd, you wouldn't miss anything. And my biggest gripe as we have addressed on the show before is them going back and editing things from my childhood and teenage years and whatnot. Don't, don't fuck with my attitude era. I tell you what, you bastards. <laughs> good, good luck trying to find some new, some new Jack matches on there now. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Horse shite. But we saw uh, Shameless did take the victory in that kickoff match. Way to go, Shameless. Mm -hmm, His mm -hmm, U.S. Mm -hmm. title was not on the line. Yeah, what's uh, the point? So I guess that. the real curtain jerker match of this one was Raya Ripley versus Asuka versus Flair. Mm -hmm. which was a fucking horrible match. Yeah, I don't know. trash, dude. Like, compared to the way the, the, the women put on at, at Mania, and even on some of the the other shows, SmackDown and, and Raw, this match, they just weren't into it. They were missing cues. Uh, it was just straight up not good. Yeah, and this, it sucks because you look at somebody like Asuka, who is one of my favorite wrestlers in general, let alone one of my favorite female wrestlers. I've always been a big fan. And I miss when she still had that awesome NXT run when she was undefeated and then she came in and she won the Royal Rumble and all that jazz. It was just great. And because they were really booking her properly for her talents because she's very, very talented and she's very entertaining. I even follow her on Instagram. She posts all this random, you know, stuff that I sometimes I don't understand because I don't understand Japanese culture, but it's very cool. So, um, right. but, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, yeah, just I don't know what's going on here. I, I it's and it's nothing against Rhea Ripley. I know she's a good talent. But, I mean, I know Charlotte and Asuka can kill it. And since Ripley's had the belt on her since Mania, I I haven't seen anything that I'm all that impressed with. So No, me this neither. Match, this match was a bit of a uh, flounder from Animal House here, I guess, unfortunately. It was a meh. That was a definite meh. Meh. We should, we should start making meh shirts. Just meh. I'm going to write that down because I will. Meh. We're making meh merch. 
Smee. Meh, Smee. Anyway, uh, we saw yeah. the SmackDown tag titles. Mm-hmm. Another uh, big. Robert Roode and Ziggler versus Rey Mysterio and his son. And another big time tag team title change this week. Who would have guessed it? Ray well, and Dominic. Let's not leave out though. Dominic getting jumped before the match, and Ray <laughs> saying, "Son, you can't go out there and fight. You can't go." No. no. But then Save he comes to Daddy's rescue, <laughs> and the Mysterios win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny how that all played out. It's got to be pretty cool though. Like same for um, Billy Gunn's kids. Like, can you imagine like? Being able to get your dad's a famous professional wrestler and you get to get in the ring with your father. That must be the coolest thing in the world. Now have a tag team match with your dad. That's awesome. And look look at the picture from when Dominic was a little kid in the ring with with Mysterio to now being able to be in the ring competing with him. Yeah. Like he was in the ring as, as, as a little boy when Mysterio won the championship. Uh-huh. Now he's actually side by side winning a championship with his old man. That's got to be probably the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah, he's coming around full circle. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, we all recall the days of when Ray and Eddie, still miss you, buddy, Eddie uh, Guerrero were fighting for custody over Dominic and one of the most bizarre storylines the WWE ever came up with. But, um, yeah, that's got to be something else, man, to be able to, you know, come up. Your dad's already one of the biggest wrestlers in the world by the time you're born. And you get to see all that and then be a part of it years later. And the kid, I gave him credit. He's he's talented. He's, he's you know, he's big. Luckily he, for him, he wasn't stuck with his father's height. But um, <laughs> he can move. He can bump. So right on, little Ray. I can dig it. Yeah. <laughs> The next oh. match is what kind of caught you and I both off guard as we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. yeah. Fucking... If you guys were more than wondering why we played a little Walking Dead clip at the beginning of there, because that's what I thought for a second. There was maybe a Walking Dead uh, WWE merger taking place. That was not the case. No, and I feel like I missed something somewhere along the line since Mania because with I'm almost I almost called him Judas Priest. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that would be way with, cooler if his name was Judas Priest. That would rule. Right. <laughs> that uh, kid's ass. Priest versus the Miz going into the locker room, zombies, and, and this is a lumberjack match, but it's surrounded by zombies. Yeah, I didn't get it at first when we were texting about it earlier today. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I texted you. I was like, so there's zombies for some reason? What the fuck? And then as it went on, I was like, so the zombies are. I, I remember, I think at the end, after I finished that, I, I was so confused. I was like, so are Miz and Morrison dead? Are they zombies now? Really wasn't clear what was going on. But I found out after the fact, it was I wasn't paying too much attention for it. And they had some intro with uh, Batista. And he's hyping up his next fit flick, which I didn't see the part that they showed. But I'm guessing it involves zombies. So Vince said, we love you, Batista. Let's help promote your movie and make shit ton more money by making all the fans suffer with a ridiculously stupid fucking gimmick. It was fucking horrible. It was just so dumb. If there was a so word beyond meh, that would be this match. Oh, this is far beyond meh, dude. Just what? You couldn't have done anything? Couldn't you just play the damn trailer for the movie? Did we need that? Because no. they could have. They could have had... A pretty kick-ass match, singly, one-on-one. If you want to do a lumberjack, do a fucking legit lumberjack match. 
Yeah. Right. At home, like you said, play the trailer, give them support, throw them a fucking million dollars, Vince. You started yeah. XFL twice and it's failed twice. You still have money. <laughs> like, what the fuck? XFL, XFL, XFL. <laughs> Extreme yeah. fail league. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> fucking useless. Or sorry, that starts with a U, but you get the gist. That's what I they should have called it. But <laughs> um, I just don't fucking get it, dude. Even if I could have justified this slightly more, is even though no matter how you, you break it down, it was so just god awful. But maybe if they had done this around Halloween, I guess it would have had some sort of merit to it. Or I would, I mean, it's got to be Vince just got more money because we all know this. That's what he needs is more money. And I was like, ah, I don't really give a shit. Just put fucking zombies out there for all I care. And they're going to murder Miz and Morrison. <laughs> it, it, was, it was so far out of fucking left field. Like, I yeah. don't even know. I mean, Damian Priest came up with the victory anyway Then at the end of the match. I, whether they're zombies later on down the road, who the fuck knows? The wait and see, I guess. I <laughs> We got to get a zombie rumble next year. Uh, on to the next. <laughs> it's gonna take you. WrestleMania is gonna take way longer next year. Fucking zombies in here, Jesus! It's already long enough. <laughs> I mean, this fucking paper was four hours, and it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches for four hours. Ugh. Four hours? I didn't even realize. I guess I, I fast forward through a lot. Of fast forward button. <laughs> I guess yeah, it definitely didn't see four <laughs> hours. You but. do seven <laughs> matches in four hours. Mm, yeah. Well, look how long that. Zombie shit took. Well, it's the promo. I, I get it. It's the promos. It's yeah, the sponsors. It's all the interviews. But. Stop insulting us wrestling fans and your talent, for example, for a uh, better example, whatever I'm trying to fucking say. I know what you mean. Why don't you just let them fucking wrestle and showcase their talents instead of, all right, so we're going to have a match, but it's going to be determined by zombies? That should have been the, cur the curtain jerker. Or, like, if they at least made a gimmick where, I don't know, Damien Priest, like, has some superpowers like Papa Shango and he can control zombies, maybe that would have even made more sense. But Put the match in a cemetery? Yeah, something. like. And bring back the superstar line, damn it. I want to call. Fucking A, man. I'll pay that bill. Let's do this. Fucking $4.99 a minute. Mom, damn, I, wanna go back to, I also want to go back to the old uh, AOL Wrestlers will answer your question days. Remember the infamous yep. picture of John Michaels? Like, this is a computer. Doop, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> that was what the days. Um, oh, yeah, so, <laughs> fucking zombies, man. Fucking Moving zombies. on from that piece of shit match. Uh, <laughs> Bianca Blair versus Bailey. Oh, you totally made, just almost made me spit all over my screen. But that he's a spitter, folks. Oh, he's a spitter. Because it was a, it was a piece of shit, and I would have spit that one out too. But yeah, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. <laughs> Bianca Blair and Bailey. I didn't fucking watch it. I don't know who won. Maybe you have the victor on that one. Uh, yes, I do know that Bianca Belair. I did check this out. Bianca Belair did retain. Um, this was another one that. Uh, two very extremely talented uh, women. I hope they are going to maybe do something with the storyline because it's cool with me. Bailey is a former champion because the first time champ. Guy Manley says Batista turned down new Suicide Squad, which is John Cena is in now. Ooh, I did not know that. Well, I guess, on that we, one, Trina. I, I guess we can see him after all. Big John. Big maybe match, John. Maybe he's playing Invisible Man, so we oh. can't see him. But way to wait, wait, wait to ruin that movie, Cena. You haven't even started it again. It's already ruined. Intrigue and mystery. 
Sorry, I interrupted but, um, you. Um, yeah, what the fuck was I saying? Yeah, Bianca uh, Belair. Bianca Belair, yes. Yeah, thank you. Bianca Belair and Bailey. I'm guessing they're going to do... This was just kind of... I think their first match since Bianca won the title, if I'm not mistaken. So this looks like they're going to do a little feud here. This might be one of those that goes on for a while, which is all fine and good with me because uh, I, I like Bailey. I have always have ever since she still had the wacky waving inflatable flailing arm tube men when she would come out to the ring and Bianca's awesome. So I just hope they let them, I hope they give them a decent storyline and I hope them hope they let them actually show us what they can do together in the ring. That'd be pretty neat, but that remains to be seen. Then we go on to the two title matches. I'm just going to call them the Raw Champion and the SmackDown Champions. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Lashley versus McIntyre versus Strowman. Triple threat match. Normal That was pretty one. good. That was a good match. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that one. Lashley going into the LED screen, exploding that. That was pretty rad. <laughs> this one uh, this one had some good bumps in it. Yeah, yeah. When um, uh, McIntyre gave Strowman that belly-to-belly -belly and he almost landed on his head outside the ring, it was like, whoa. Yeah, bro. that was scary. And uh, yes, well done by three uh, big galoots that they are McIntyre, the WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, and Braun Strowman. Um, they, yeah, the uh, oh, yeah, McIntyre got powerbombed to the table. <laughs> Guy Manley would rather see zombies than Bad Bunny. All right, I'm with you there, gag. You got me there, gag. Yeah, I'm glad Bad Bunny, you can stay away. That's like mm -hmm. that. That asshole from YouTube that ruined my Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn match at Mania. I don't yep. even fucking remember a guy's name, and I'm never going to remember it again. So don't bother bringing it up, you fuckers. <laughs> God, that still angers me so bad. I'm sorry. Gotta, That's all right. Talk, That's all right. I, gotta, I didn't get to talk to my psychiatrist last week. I got some issues here. Um, but, yeah, so that match was badass. Obviously, in case you guys didn't know, Bobby Lashley did retain in the end in the – triple threat much so that one was uh definitely one of the highlights of the show the last one though was uh to me was probably the best the best match on the card uh yep. reigns versus cesaro you've been saying it for a while cesaro needs to get that push he got his push his push and what a fight that was last night or oh, yeah. Yep. Reigns and cesaro, was, um... from from opening bell to final pass out if you will that was mm -hmm. just a good old fashioned kick ass match. Yeah, I uh as you mentioned, big fan of I am a big fan of Cesaro. Happy they're finally hopefully gonna do the right thing with him. This is a few too that's just getting really started. So I not surprised that Cesaro did not win. Sorry if you guys didn't see it. Uh, I should have given you a spoiler alert, but whatever. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. Cesaro is not a champion. <laughs> but he did not tap out, though. Much nope. like Austin yep. didn't tap in the sharpshooter, Cesaro did not tap last night. So I do into I do see a, a rematch there. Uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah no. This is, like I said, this, this view is just getting started, and I'm totally cool with it. I wouldn't be surprised if we see this run all the way through uh, till SummerSlam, and maybe then Cesaro finally will become WWE champion. Uh, that would be pretty badass, because the guy – really fucking deserves it so come on vince do it up okay that is your backlash wrestlemania whatever report yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna breeze through raw here so we can get to our last two topics and then i don't yeah. want to take up too much of everyone's tuesday night i know it's taco tuesday 
we got to get to the main event. And yes, once again, sorry, folks, we were a little uh, late starting the show. We should just recall it. Uh, it starts at eight ish. Let's make eight and eight thirty ish. Eight ish. We'll go with the ish. We'll put the ish on it. All right. So kicking off, uh, we're gonna do raw real quick. We're gonna run through it. Uh, I did watch this match. AJ Styles defeated Elias. That was a great match. Ooh, uh, I'm glad I saved that on the DVR because I was not aware of that. Yeah, watch that one. AJ and Elias one on one. Um, just a again another toe dragger, another knockdown, good old fashioned kick ass show. I was not aware of that, as I said, and I um, I'm a big fan of both of them. Of course, AJ Styles is awesome, but um, Elias, I I've always dug Elias too. I love his gimmick, and he can work, man. So oh, he worked. He, he took some bumps in that match, and he worked it good. So. Definitely check out AJ and Elias on that one. Uh, Garza that. defeated Golok. 24-7 champ title. Tozana defeated R-Truth. Why? Enough of this 24-7 garbage. It's called it's... the Hardcore Championship. Bring back regular stuff. Bring yeah, thank you. They should have let Gronk retire the belt back when Gronk won it. That's what I think, but whatever. What do we know? We're, we we're don't just need it. Fans. Right? It's not like we know anything. We've only been watching this our whole fucking lives. <laughs> the amount of money we've given to Vince. Take some of our fucking ideas, will you? Seriously. Woof. Well, uh, I'm going to preface and back up real quick. Uh, Ross started out with MVP and Bobby Lashley and his hoes coming out and MVP uh. issuing an open challenge on Raw to a title shot to Bobby Lashley's retained title. McIntyre came out. MVP was like, no, you can't have it. You didn't let me finish. It's anyone excluding Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. So later on, there's a match. I'll get to that in a moment momentarily. All I want to know is, did M did MVP at any point in time say, I'm coming? No, he did not. Damn. Sorry. Oh, well. Take notes, MVP, if you're watching. Oh. You're probably oh. not, but. I loved his entrance. Remember his old entrance when he came in through with the uh, inflatable fucking thing? And then I love that storyline they did where he kept losing match after match. So he was running out of money. So he couldn't afford to have the fancy entrance anymore. Oh, that was good. That I dug it. Uh, Kofi Kingston defeated Randy Orton. Asuka defeated Charlotte Flair, the 13 time women's champion. Maybe you should just hold on to the belt and not lose it, and you wouldn't be a 13-time champion or a loser, the way you want to put it. I don't know. That's my thought. Yeah, that's something I've always wondered. Like, look at, like, Bruno, Bruno sorry, Bruno Sammartino, someone mm -hmm. who held the title for years and years and years and only lost it, what, twice maybe? Yeah. But I, I don't know. Do you like that more than... Uh, like a Ric Flair who has won it 15 times. What what do you think is cooler? Someone who held it forever and only lost it twice, or someone who won it, lost it, won it, lost it, won it, lost it, won it, lost it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, you won it 15 times, but you lost it 15 times. There you go. So, Bruno, fucking A, man. Bruno San Martino. Greatest heavyweight. Oh God! I swear, you are awesome. You need to. I got glue in my fucking mouth or something. Yes, Bruno Sammartino, the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time. It's undisputed. Sorry, I don't care what anybody fucking says. You can't top Bruno. I agree. I agree. Uh, we saw Natalia and Tamina defeat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Baszler, 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 whatever. <laughs> Basil. Uh, rematch of the. Kickoff match of Backlash, Sheamus versus Rickots. 
or whatever the fuck his name is. Seamus uh, versus well, yeah, that guy. Yeah, well, Damian Priest defeated John Morrison. No, so no Morrison, zombies. No oh, zombies. So Morrison didn't get turned. Oh come no. on. See that would have that would have been awesome if if that would have made sense. That would have been enough for me at least. After that stupid zombie thing, I'm sorry. I just got to say this real quick. If John Morrison and Miz had come out last night as zombies, then I'd say, all right, I'll give it a little a little something. I can get into that, but they totally blew that. So <laughs> this is true. And then to the main event of Raw last night, Bobby Lashley uh, with his open challenge for the title, Kofi Kingston. Accepted the challenge. Kofi oh, so Kofi doing a twofer. Kofi got the win over Lashley last night. Spoiler. So, was this set up from uh, him previously beating Randy Orton that night or last night? Uh, not that, that I saw. Again, I didn't. I bre- I breezed through it pretty quickly. Mm. Um, but Kofi did get the win with a little help, I believe, from uh, Drew McIntyre. Some outside interference. Uh, well. But uh, right, right. Kofi is now your new Raw heavyweight champion. Fans are now calling for Kofi Mania again, as it was a few years back when he beat Daniel Bryan. Wow, we so this will turn events for you. Holy shit, man. I didn't even know about that. Kofi's the champ again, huh? Kofi is champ. Kofi is as, king. As Farouk would say, damn, because I did not know that. Holy shit. Um, I'm I'm very good about not going on the internet and not getting spoilers, so I didn't come across anything. I but that's pretty wild, man. So that means fucking the SmackDown Women's Tag Team Championship changed hands on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Sunday night, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions changed hands. The Mysterios taking the belts from Rude and Ziggler, and now Monday or yes, Monday it was Monday. The Universal Kofi. Championship change hands. Kofi takes the belt. Wow. Hmm. Didn't so what see does that, that leave? So what does that leave for Braun and Drew? Who knows? Yeah. Is it still going to be a feud between Drew and Lashley? Or is Lashley now going to feud with Kofi? Who knows? Many, many unanswered questions here, my friend. Um, but yeah, hey, put the belt back on Kofi. That's cool. I actually would like, and this is another reason why I bring this up, as I did before, I don't like the fact that they don't do rematches once you drop a belt anymore because I would love to see Kofi versus Bobby Lashley in a main event at a pay-per-view. I think that would be awesome. So do it. Yep, absolutely. Oh. So that was the Raw Report. Raw, raw, raw reports. Reports are done. Reports are done. So I guess that means it's time to face the music. Yes, that's right, folks. We're bringing it in tonight with wrestlers. Wrestlers who did their own albums, who think they're rock stars, rap stars, country stars, and they probably shouldn't think that. Wrestlers who don't got into the music business, the music business, if you will. How do you? I got a list here. I have a list here of a few people, and you know we'll indulge into a couple of them, but we're not going to spend too, too much time on it. We want you guys to go take a listen to all these on your Spotify's and whatever you stream your music on, and give yourself a jolly old car ride in the morning to work. Yeah, and please, uh, while we're doing this segment, if you guys think of anything we don't mention, mention please put it up, because uh, 
there's a lot of garbage when it comes to this topic. And we have probably done our best over years over time to block some of these horrible memories out. So uh, I, we might dog. <laughs> dick, diggity, dick, diggity dog. Yes. What was that? WrestleMania 2000 for N64? 2000, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, remember sitting there for hours trying to create a player and all you hear is diggity, dick, 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 diggity dog. Socko. The Rock says. Mm. Or you fall asleep and wake up to it. You kids nowadays, you don't even know, man. You don't even know. No. That's 64. That's where it's at. But yeah, dude, I, I we got to get that song, by the way, for future reference. We got to get the diggity dig diggity song just so people who aren't familiar with it know just how fucking annoying it really is. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to let you kick it off. I'm going to go find that song. I'm going to let you kick it off with. Uh... Oh, dude. Right on. All right. Cool. So yeah. Wrestlers who have dared dwell into the music industry. It's happened a lot, folks. As a matter of fact, Mr. himself, the Hulkster, actually used to be in a band back in the day. And Hulkster, just like Johnny Cash's mama, played bass. Or daddy played bass. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Daddy played bass. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there it was. Diggity dog. Sorry. I got diggity it? dog in the brain. Oh, I heard it. For a second, I heard it. Diggity dog. Yeah, that's our background music. And it was No Mercy. No Mercy. Dang, I could, I knew it was one of the two. WrestleMania 2000 or No Mercy. Thank you for the question. All right. That's our new background theme, folks. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> but um, um, so, yeah, wrestlers in the music industry, man. There's been some god-awful incidents here. Um, Jimmy Hart was actually in a real band back in the day, as I was just talking about, too. I was going to get to Hulkster, was in a band back before he really got big into wrestling. But Jimmy Hart was in a band called The Gentries. And Jimmy Hart, uh, for any of you out there who don't know, Jimmy Hart is very extremely music and musically talented. He wrote a lot of the uh, entrance themes for uh, wrestlers back in the 80s in the WWF. He came up with uh, the Hart Foundation song, which led to Brett the Hitman's Entrance theme, Jimmy Hart. I always love Jimmy. He and everything I've read about him, too, they say he's like the nicest dude in the world. So, Jimmy, if I doubt you're watching, but I love you, buddy. Um, so, Hulkster played bass back in the day, and I just thought it would be the funniest thing. I actually thought about this earlier today. Can you imagine, like, Hulkster on stage? He comes up to the mic, little applause. Hmm. He's got his bass already. Looks up at the crowd and says... This next one's called, let me tell you something, brother. And he goes into the bass. Like, that would have been so great. <laughs> I know it didn't happen, but we can still dream, can't we? So, yeah, Hulkster got down, and um, I'll let you go back to it, but don't let me forget, there's something else musically related we got to mention about Hulkster before this segment is all said and done. Well, I have another one related to Jimmy Hart that you did not mention. Okay. And I'm sure that you yeah. know, because you being you. Uh, Jimmy Hart also wrote the record that was sung by this wrestler. Do you know? The Sexy Boys theme song? No. Jimmy uh, Hart wrote Great Texan, sung by your idol, Terry Funk. Ooh, wow. Diggs coming up with a grand slam. Way to go, buddy. I'm taking, I, it, I'm, I'm taking it right off, right, right, right off the top. Wow, wee wee woo. Yeah, no, you got the win there. I, I, see, when I think of Terry Funk, 
And his entrance theme, I always just remember he used to come down to Desperado when he was in ECW, the uh, fucking Eagles song there. But yeah, I did not know that. So uh, there's a touchdown with a two-point conversion in your honor there, Diggs. Oh, raise uh, the fucking roof, Booker T style. <laughs> I'm going to rip out another one here because you ripped out two with the Hulkster and, and Jimmy Hart, if you don't mind. Have at it, buddy. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, the Scottish one, Roddy Roddy Piper. Piper was a world-renowned bagpipe player. That he was. And his album was called I'm Your Man. Did he sing on it or did he just play bagpipes? Uh, I am look. It was his. I'm looking right now. I'm not familiar with this album. That's the reason I asked. I do know that even before he, well, you know, when he was very young, before he got into wrestling, that's when he started playing the bagpipes. And he competed in, like, bagpipe playing competitions that were a really big deal. He was known at one time as one of the best bagpipe players there was. No, this one, he actually, uh, 92, he released a single, I'm Your Man, with a music video. And in 2014, he collabed with Toronto's Queen Street Band on a more biographical tune entitled Off the Top Rope. Oh, how about that, Alice? <laughs> Thanks, Piper. Right on, dude. We should find that song. We should find that and make it our theme song. <laughs> Along with Diggity Dog background music. Yeah. Yep. So does this happen to say, was this something he just did on his own? Or was this something that WWE put together and was like, hey, Piper, fucking put your name on this? Uh, it was on his own. Oh, right on, Piper. Fucking hey. So I expected from uh, the old hot rod. So look at that. Look at that, kids. You'll learn something new every day. Look fancy fucking internet that it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> um well we can't talk about wrestlers slash musicians without bringing up the judas himself chris jericho oh okay i thought you're going somewhere else with that one well, this guy lived my fucking dream when i was a kid i wanted to be a pro wrestler and a fucking rock star and look how that turned out jericho Love him or hate him, man. That guy is fucking awesome. I know I mentioned this before. I fucking hated him back in the day. I always respected his in-ring in ability, but I never liked the whole Y2J, yabba 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 thing. But Jericho's the fucking man. And he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And Fozzie, I, I thought it was a joke when it first started. I remember it was, I was like back in college, I think, when it started. Believe it or not, but um, I know we definitely made fun of it when we first heard it. Yeah, yeah, that was back when I still was not a Jericho fan, and I've gone back and listened to it, and I read all his books and stuff too. And guy's got fucking a lot of talent. I mean, he has helped create a legit band, and he's still at the same time one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't deny it. And I mean, Judas, dude, that song fucking rules this is why the whole entire aw crowd sings it every time he comes out to the ring and hopefully now that we're moving into the post pandemic period of our lives the aw show i was supposed to go to back in april of last year is hopefully on for this august so i might have the opportunity to sing judas jericho to jericho Ooh. himself Ooh, we'll see all right I can thank my boy Ziggy for that one. Give, give him a shout out. He bought tickets for me uh, as a post-incarceration present <laughs> once I got out. And we were supposed to go, and then fucking COVID happened. So that was that. Ooh. All right. 
So let me hand it back over to you, Diggs. What you got next on the list? Oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? I got a list here. I think your list is longer than mine. I kind of threw this together with fucking glitter at the end of. Well, I'm literally night. just I'm on the interwebs right now with a list. Oh, of, uh huh. I didn't really do all my homework. I'm gonna go with uh, Conan. Conan did an album. I was not, or just a song. What did he do? I'd never knew of this either. Uh, Conan, where was I? Just had it. Um, 92 Conan recorded La Key de Conan, Conan's Law, hip hop. It was a whole album, hip hop album, which was sold in cassette form. For you youngsters, that's not a CD. It's a thing that goes in tape, and you have to rewind it, and you have to rewind to get to back to the song you wanted. And, you know, look so it up, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking dinosaur now. Uh, but yeah. Conan did a rap album. I All did right. not know that. I actually would have expected his song to be called Viva La Raza because, you know, him and Eddie had that whole Viva La Raza gimmick back in the day as well. <laughs> oh, and so uh, I'm going to throw you off the ropes now to you. What do you got? I'm going with. All right. I got two more because okay. don't forget, we still got to get to the uh, the cherry on top of the show the plane ride from hell. This guy. Hey now, that's what we like to see on the big screen. Macho Man's rap album. Be a man. Be a man, brother. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who watched the Macho Man uh, A&E bio that came out just a couple weeks ago, you will know they went pretty well in depth into the controversy surrounding this album at the time mm -hmm. as Hulkster and Macho Man did not see eye to eye. And ugh, they had that god-awful Bubba the Love sponge. <sighs> Could have done without him. Sorry, I've always, I've always hated him as much as I fucking hated Don Imus or uh, what's that other piece of shit that just passed away there? Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> but anyway. There um, go our sponsors. <laughs> well, hey, if you're, I'm sorry. If you sponsor Rush Limbaugh, then I, I can't help you. <laughs> oh, Guy Manley but, coming in with a fact here about Jimmy Hart. Ooh, Jimmy Hart also co-wrote a song with Charles Manson. No fucking way, dude. Ooh, I did not know about that. That I'm I'm also as much as I'm obsessed with uh, professional wrestling, I'm also very obsessed with uh, serial killers. So I got to look that one up. Here's to you, guy. Yes. But um, yeah. So I'm sorry. Get off Macho topic. Man. Usual. But Macho Man's rap album, "Be a Man." Uh, he actually wrote and recorded this whole album just to as a big fuck you to Hogan. He was convinced mm -hmm. that Hogan was helping Miss Elizabeth bang somebody else back when they were still together. And it, once again, if you watch the bio on Macho Man, Hulkster talks all about it. So you already know the story. But um, dude, it, the best part too in the bio too, they actually show the video where 50 Cent was just kind of starting to get recognized at the time. And he's there with Macho Man is just giving the album praise. And because it's Macho Man and how much I love the Macho Man, uh, that I love that album. But obviously from a musical standpoint, it's, it's utter garbage. The reviews were so fucking oh, it was horrible. I felt so bad for poor Macho Man. He never should have done it, but he was pissed off. And I mean, Bubba the Love Sponge and Hulkster were talking shit about him uh, across all uh, the nation every fucking morning on his stupid show there. So, yeah, 
that was uh that happened macho man's rap album yeah. yeah it's one of those things you'll never get back in life if you've if you've listened to that album those are some minutes you'll never get back hey i'll give him credit though it's still better than any rap album shack did so shack food diesel shack diesel shack food <laughs> remember that one track uh he goes starts off the album he's like Y'all thought I wasn't a rapper. This is my fourth album. Respect. He's like, no, Shaq, sorry. I'll respect you on the court. I won't respect your rap. <laughs> Speaking of uh, respecting shitty rap, the doctor of thugonomics. Ah, uh, yes. Mr. You Can't See Me. Or whatever it John says. Cena, You Can't See Me was actually the album name. Uh 2005, he wrote You Can't See Me, a full-length hip-hop CD mm-hmm. with the full power of the WWF at the time. Corporate support, WWE corporate support. Sold 40,000 copies and was number 15 on the charts. Do you know how that all came about, actually? Do you know the story behind it? I do not. So, apparently, they uh, the guys were on some plane ride from wherever, and they couldn't help but notice this was right after Cena had done what wound up being his entrance theme. All the guys happen to notice Vince is sitting there with his headphones on and he's singing along. Time is up. Time is down. And he's like in his chair doing the Vince strut and everything. Vince loved that song so much that he was like, Cena, you got to do an album. And Cena was like, really? Um, all right. Not good. <laughs> Why not? Let's Why not? Just go ahead and do it. <laughs> Uh, I actually remember seeing a, uh, a little quick interview with Snoop Dogg actually gave the album praise. I don't know if Vince paid him to say that and all like good, but I, at least I love John, Enter- John Cena's entrance theme. I, I always got a kick out of it. I liked it. I, yeah. I, liked his entrance. I, I still know all the words too. I used to drive around and listen to the fucking CD. Another one, kids. I'm a Cena fan. <laughs> I always have been. Yeah, no, I don't care. I know a lot of people hate him. He went years with the whole, you can't wrestle, blah, blah, blah. But he helped provide ECW with one of the last two runs they ever had when he dropped the belt to RVD in uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom there at one night stand years ago. And that was one of my favorite moments WWE put out in the last 20 years or whatever. So, yep. So what you got for your last one? This is it, man. I wish we had queued this up because for anyone who hasn't seen this, you got to look it up. I believe this was on Saturday night's main event back in 1985, 86, maybe somewhere in there. Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself, strutting his shit as he sang the song Stand Back. And as I brought up before, Hulkster played bass. Brother. And in, you go back and watch the video. You got to look this up. It is hilarious. Hulkster plays bass. They have a bunch of wrestlers that sing on the track as well. And then Vince is just out there. I believe this is the video that inspired the infamous McMahon strut down the ramp. Because if you go back and watch this, watch Vince dance. Oh, oh just watch Vince dance. You will know why. After reading Bret Hart's book, I can totally understand. His father was quoted, Stu Hart said, after watching that scene with Bret, when it was live on TV, when it actually happened, I guess he started cracking up and basically said, eh, I always thought he was gay. So, 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't want to get in any problems. I got a lot of gay friends, gay pride all the way. Love you guys, men, women, everybody. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you're all cool with me. Yes, you got it. <laughs> His holster on the base. Yes. <laughs> and then there's Michael and her Triple H. Right? They, DX introduced this whole clip. This whole thing. A whole different generation of fans that did know about this, right? Macho Man on the saxophone. That's right. All right, that's my number one. That's it. Fuck it. I'm going with staying back. <laughs> All right. That. All choked up. Awesome. <laughs> All right, my last one for the music before we get into the plane ride, plane ride from hell mm -hmm. uh, goes to the Nash the Memphis, Tennessee local, the king himself, Jerry Lawler. I honestly thought you were going to say Honky Tonk Man, who is Jerry Lawler's blood cousin for real, but Jerry Lawler recorded an album? Jerry Lawler in 75 in the 80s released his first full-length album called Jerry Lawler Sings. Uh, before that, he wrote seven different singles. <clears throat> the effort, which is credited on the songs, is also with Jimmy Hart. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Um, take nothing away from Jerry the King. He is a legend in his own right. He's also a phenomenal artist as far as mm -hmm. drawing pictures and stuff. Yeah, they brought that uh, up on that WWE Treasure show there. But I'm willing to bet Jimmy Hart wrote the song because, or whatever songs there are, the album, because I didn't think Jerry was much for a songwriter. But yeah. In 97, Lawler was back in the studio mm -hmm. for an album called Memphis, Other King. And in 2007, with headline billing backed by the Nunnery Brothers Band, given his career longevity. Ooh, the Nunneries. I love them. Yes. So Jerry Lawler <laughs> is a recording artist. A few albums out there. Jerry Lawler, co-written and everything by Jimmy Hart. Huh. Well, how about that, buddy? Well, you, I, think, uh, I think you learned some stuff today. You put a few new wrinkles in the old dome piece up there because, yeah, a lot of this I didn't have my slack today. I, I waited till the day to do all my show prep. So I didn't have much time for the music stuff. But I did not forget to mention the birth of the Vince Strut. So at least I gave well, you no, that. You, right? I mean, that, that strut that's caused, causing them to pull hamstrings walking onto the ring. <laughs> we talked about a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, dude. Still, one of the not only most bizarre, craziest botches ever, but uh, definitely hilarious. Mm -hmm. Vince was fast, like, <laughs> uh, I just wondered about that match too, real quick, just to wrap it up. Like, can you imagine being Cena and Batista back then? Like when that happened, because it was legit. Like they mm -hmm. both hit the floor at the same time. Like Lex Luger and Bret Hart planned that, but Batista and Cena did not. And so them being in the ring and having Vince march down, and then you see him down on the ground, they must have been like, "Fuck, we getting fired." That's what I would have thought. <laughs> Speaking of getting fired and things and controversies, <laughs> as we wrap up tonight's match six here on Hell Entertainment Facebook and Hell Entertainment YouTube, we appreciate all your support. Please go like, share, subscribe, and download and stream us on all streaming networks. Listen to us in your car, in your headphones, at your desk office, 
offend somebody. Yeah, you know, name your and name your children after us too to show your support for a couple of guys who have chock full of useless information about professional wrestling. And buy some meh merch. Coming this we, get, we gotta get on the meh. Meh. Uh, before we get into that real quick, uh, Jason, what that guy doing on YouTube says, what about Enzo? Fuck Enzo. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, if you happen to see our show, what was that last week, week before? I don't even remember now. On wrestlers you love that we hated the most, you will know that I had Enzo as my number one because fuck that guy. Now, I hate planes, but I like stories about planes. Let's get into it. You're not a fan of the flight, eh, buddy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Plane ride from hell. I did not know about this story until we talked about it earlier last week. Uh, I did a little research on it, but, you know, I got the gist of it of what happened. <laughs> oh, I got the nitty gritty for you there, daddy. I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I was actually quite surprised that you were not familiar with one of the most legendarily infamous moments in the entire history of professional wrestling that did not take place anywhere near a ring or even in the country the ground it was thousands of feet up in the air when all this happened so let's break it down gentlemen, this is the plane ride from hell on Ooh. sunday now before we get going you feel free digs you you just chime in with any little uh tidbits you want to tell me or yes, want to add to it i got the whole breakdown here on the plane ride from hell so feel free to chime in at any point on sunday may 5th 2002 the wwe had just wrapped up a tour of europe that concluded with the insurrection pay-per-view in the united kingdom and the majority of the roster was on board a flight back to the united states and during the flight home everything that could have gone wrong aside from the plane crashing went wrong and all hell broke loose on this fucking plane. Drug use on board was reported, and the majority mm -hmm. of the talent got so incredibly shit-faced and so out of their minds on alcohol that Jim Ross publicly called out the entire roster the following week in his weekly column, The Ross Report. And in the column, good old JR was quoted as saying, the flight was about seven hours in length and at times was low-lighted by a handful of people who consumed too much alcohol and consequently acted like children whose parents were away and left the liquor, <laughs> the liquor cabinet open. I love that line. Only JR could have come up with that. That was great. And I'm uh, sorry, to continue the quote from JR, the conduct of this in inebriated minority was unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Procedures have been put in place to ensure such conduct does not occur in the future. The bottom line is this. Yours truly is the person in charge of the talent roster and the buck stops with me. We will do all we humanly can to solve the problem. End quote from Jim Ross. So if JR was willing to break kayfabe and just let it all out there. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know it's bad. It was you know bad. they fucked up hard. It's really bad. So, for anyone out there who's not familiar with the plane ride from hell, this is why we do it for you. Here's what happened. For starters, now there's no 
chronological order to this because I wasn't there. I don't know how it all played out. This is all from witness accounts. You look it up online, you're going to find out about the story. If you're a wrestling fan at all, you, it's out there. Good time. And here's what happened. For starters, during the flight, Kurt Henning, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect, and the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, got <laughs> donkulously hammered and both decided it would be a great idea to have an impromptu wrestling match during the flight because that's what you want to see when you're on a plane right well let's not, forget, match. let's not forget that brock was a rookie during this time this is brock's uh -huh. rookie year in wwe i'm i'm very happy you pointed that out because as you will see through my research that actually entwines with what i'm about to say here so where was I? Yes, Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. They both got redonkulously hammered and both decided it would be a great idea to have an impromptu wrestling match during the flights. And while the two blonde booze hounds were wrestling inside the plane's cabin, at one point, this, this is pretty fucked up, dude. The two slammed up into an emergency door of the plane, nearly opening it mid-flight. They're coming back from fucking Europe. They're how many thousands of miles up above the Atlantic Ocean? And there's Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar like, yeah! <laughs> so, <laughs> Mr. Perfect would soon thereafter be fired by the WWE, and not surprisingly, no punishment was ever delivered to Brock Lesnar for the incident, because as we all know, Brock was Vinnie Mac's Aryan dream, for lack of a better mm. term. So no, no big surprise there. And that's what I mentioned. Thank you for pointing that out. This was during Lesnar's rookie year. This was the same year that uh, Batista and Cena came in. Mm -hmm. uh, what I understand though, Cena, I think maybe this happened after they got signed or before they got signed. I mean, I don't, I never heard of Batista and Cena having anything to do with this. So no, neither did yeah. I. Um, but, I also on the research that I did, I saw, that Mr. Perfect was the one who was instigating and initiating these fights with Brock as like a rookie hazing initiation kind of ordeal, which is what caused Brock to defend himself being the rookie that he was and as fucked up as he was too, uh, to show that he wasn't one to be pushed over with. Yeah, no, I've heard that as well, but I do know that uh, Lesnar and Henning were actually really tight. When Lesnar first came to the WWE, and it wasn't that Henning was trying to be a dick. He was just being, hey, you got you want to be one of the boys, you got to pay your dues somehow. So you you threw alcohol into that mix. And it's sad because, you know, I you remember more than alcohol in that mix. Well, I'm just going to mention Kurt Henning. Not only he got fired after this, but then, you know, he went to WCW, and I'll never forget that time seeing him literally this is when WCW was completely going to shit. Everyone was in the NWO basically. And he was so fucking hammered live on the air. He was in the ring. He like had his head like laying against the bottom rope. Like it sucks. Cause who didn't love Mr. Perfect dude. Kurt Henning was the man. But, was perfect. You know, she happens. So then <laughs> now this is a juicy one here. We continue with the flight from hell. Sean Waltman, the one, two, three kid himself, Mr. It's back. Remember how much we love that song? <laughs> it's back. It's back. It's back. Think you can tell us what to do. So 
Sean Waltman has gone on record about the incident, that being the plane plane ride from from hell. hell. Plane ride from hell. And when he was asked about Doc Hendricks' condition during the disaster flight, he went on to say, quote, he almost pissed on Linda McMahon. He was all fucked up trying to whip his dick out. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know it's Linda. He thinks he's looking at the bathroom. <laughs> he's like, fired. he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He just keeps saying it, wait a minute, over and over again. Finally, someone led him away. End quote. Now, for Xbox, who's been very open about his past with you know addiction problems, and he got a, he got his act together, he got all cleaned up. For fucking Sean Waltman to say that about you, oh Doc. You must have really put on a show there, guy, huh? <laughs> Dork Hendricks. I'm sorry. The Freebirds were awesome, but remember when he was a sideline commentator or whatever? Right. He, was, he was there holding the mic when Austin said, Austin 316 just whooped your ass, and there's Doc Hull. He just said ass on TV. You can't say that. Between him and Todd Pentengale. In your Fuck. house. In your <laughs> we, house. We in your house tonight. In your eyes. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Good times. There's another little point here I want to mention that Sean Waltman brought up about uh, Doc Hendricks as well. X-Pac himself also stated that Doc Hendricks and JBL had gotten into an alcohol-induced altercation during the flight, and the boys were not happy about this. Evidently, I, once again, I wasn't there. I don't know the full story. According to eyewitness accounts and what forth, Hendrix was obviously shit faced. He was being a dick to JBL. I don't know what it was all about. The boys did not take kindly to it. So, what happens in the world of professional wrestling? One way or another, yeah, even if it's behind the scenes, you're going to have to answer to your shit. Mm hmm. I know. And so uh, Sean Wellman admitted freely that he waited for Doc Hendricks to pass out and then he went up behind him and cut off his whole fucking body tail. <laughs> During oh, the light. During the light. You remember how fucking long Doc Hendricks' hair was? Yep. Like, yep. He was like, hey, that's what you get for fucking with my boy JBL. He's one of the boys. Don't fuck with my boy. So mm-hmm. props to X-Pac on that one, dude, because, you know. You know, I, I say that's a, a, a cheers. I, I will also give a jeers to your pornos with China. Yes. But a whole different topic for a whole different show. Ooh, we might have to do a porno segment next week. <laughs> that be music. Um, yeah. So we're not done yet because it's just. Oh, no, we're not. It just keeps getting worse. During we're the fight, we looking at it? Goldust, a.k.a. Dustin Rhodes, the doosty son himself, got into the debauchery when he drunkenly jumped on the plane's intercom system so that he could serenade his ex-wife, Terry Reynolds, to the dismay of his fellow passengers. Can you imagine this wasted gold dust coming up like, Oh, my darling, oh, my darling, oh, my darling, Terry Reynolds. Like, oh, oh, Bobby. So, um, yeah, this went on until... JR, of course, had to be the fucking ringleader of trying to get some order here, came up and grabbed him by the arm, basically telling the bizarre one to shut the fuck up and sit out. (laughs) Not to be outdone, however, 
the nature boy. Woo! Rick Flair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the nature. Mm, you knew he was going to be a part of this story. The Nate put on a real show as he was spotted allegedly walking up and down the aisles of the plane while at the same time flashing his schlong and balls for all the stewardess to see. Can you imagine that? Now, this was, what, 2005? Is that what I said? Uh, yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, no, two, yeah. Uh, two, two, 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. 2002. Flair still had some years in him in the ring, but can you imagine those old, gross, wrinkly balls that were probably like rubbing up against the floor or the carpet of the plane? Like, mm -hmm. Ugh. whoa, plane. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, things got a little he heavy for Flair after that, as two of the stewardesses who were working on board the flight actually filed a lawsuit against Flair for his actions, as he was said to be seen carrying a handle of. Jack Daniels, while wearing nothing but one of his robes, which was, no surprise, widely open for all to see. And to top her off, once the smoke had cleared and the plane had actually, surprisingly, safely landed back in the United States. Because when you hear this story, I was expecting them to follow up with, like, I don't know, the big show got wasted and fell into the cockpit and the plane crashed because the pilots got smushed. But um, if I'm not mistaken, actually, I forgot about this. And this is another really cool part of the story, which I have to mention before I get to the, the finish, the finale. I, I want to say I'm 100% right on this. Anyone out there, correct me if I'm wrong. But during this flight, Vince and Kurt Angle, I believe this was the flight, were fucking around, not to the extent of Lesnar and Brock, but. Vince, apparently, they were drinking, being cool. He said something along the lines of, oh, I, I can make you tough. And so Angle was like, yeah, fuck it. So they were just, you know, and Angle admits, he's like, this is my fucking boss. And I really like Vince. So I'm not really going to put it on him or anything. But I just wanted to, we were having fun, whatever. Undertaker is sitting right in front of them. And he's like fucking out dead to the world. No pun intended. And he wakes up and all he sees is like, Angle roughing up his father figure and Vince. And I guess Undertaker was like still half asleep and he came up and just fucking grabbed Angle by the neck and choked him out for real. Mm -hmm. Look at people. Kurt Angle goes in depth about the whole story. And it's like everyone had to come up and be like, dude, dude, they were just fucking around. And Undertaker's just there. <laughs> well, they talked about it. He talks about it on uh, Stone Cold's uh, podcast, The Broken yeah, Skull. Yeah, yeah. The broken skull, broken skull, oh, fucking. You know what I'm talking about. I right? know. But there's also, because <laughs> I got a quote here too uh, of what Vince told the pilot. I don't know if you have that in your notes. Oh no, I don't. I have one more tidbit about the story, but please have at it, buddy. So this this happens at after Angle and Vince have their their little tussle, and the uh, the stewardess is like, you know, you're gonna break shit. You're gonna open the door up. You gotta sit down. This and that. Yeah, we're so, all gonna die. <laughs> basically. So he goes on to say, there's one point where we where we were near, you know, when you open the door of the thing while we were wrestling. <clears throat> we were hitting that, the thing moving, and the flight attendant is like, you better sit down. We're going to land this plane right now. Vince looks at her and goes, tell the pilot to fucking, to go fuck himself. I will buy this fucking plane. I couldn't believe it. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, that's someone Vince, that's Vince using his power. Like, do you know who I am? I'm Vince McMahon. I will buy this plane. 
I can honestly tell you, as someone who spent a number of years working in the aviation industry, you have to remember, it's just like a cab driver, folks. Don't fuck with your pilot. Mm -hmm. Don't ever, ever fuck with your pilot. That has got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard him do, as a matter of fact. You've got Especially when you're 30,000 feet in the air. And you have a fucking plane full of animals that are one step away from either eating each other or having a full-fledged fucking orgy that <laughs> soaked in booze. <laughs> like, <laughs> free booze, nonetheless. It was open free booze, yeah. Back. Oh, Vince learned his lesson the hard way on that one. That's uh, yep. you. You would have thought you would have learned after, like, remember back in Major League Baseball in the seventies where they did like the nickel, nickel beer night, and mm -hmm. the whole stadium just got hammered and fucking naked, and we're trying to attack players. Like, dude, really? You're just gonna let all your wrestlers go? Ah, here's the bar. We got a long flight. You're gonna need it. <laughs> so, Vince, way to go, buddy. But. There is one last little detail we got to bring in before we wrap it up. All right. I heard about the plane ride from hell many moons ago. And there was a lot of rumors about it that didn't really get cleared up until years later. I had heard shit that Scott Hall was sitting there doing lines on the plane and, you know, all kinds of shit. You know how stuff gets blown out of proportion. But that was not true. And one of, believe it or not, one of the guys who really didn't act that bad compared to everyone else, at least not to say his behavior was acceptable, but it was Scott Hall who got fired along with Kurt Hangel. Kurt, yeah, Kurt, Kurt Hangel. Kurt Hanning, Mr. Perfect for Christ's sakes. Yeah, they were the only ones who got fired after it was all said and done. And Paul never participated in any of the shenanigans on the flight because wow. he actually was passed out on booze and pills the whole time and slept through the whole fucking thing. But the reason Scott Hall was fired, despite all that, was, um, well, basically what Just Incredible, former ECW champion himself, had to say when he stated, quote, later when we got off the flight, I had to get a wheelchair and roll Scott through customs at JFK. Mm -hmm. He was non-responsive. I remember Jim Ross sitting in baggage claim with his briefcase just going, shaking his head. That look of disgust, and I'm, uh, I'm like, ugh, end quote. That's what, that's how Just Incredible put it. So, yeah, Scott Hall got himself fired just for fucking passing out. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the fucking plane ride from hell. I'm sure there's more. I'm willing to bet, there, though. There is a little more that they won't tell us. Jerry now. Briscoe was on that flight as well. I know that because I saw that when I was reading. Mm. Uh, and he did indulge in a little bit of the uh, extracurricular activities, if you uh, will. Yeah. And he got his I, ass handed to him because he was supposed to be the babysitter of the plane ride. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, as I mentioned, Jim Ross, and I'm pretty sure because he's one of the few wrestlers who never fucking drinks alcohol, um, fucking Triple H, as we were talking about him and Sean before, had yep. to be a bit of a uh, ringleader there because, yeah, that was the end of, hey, we're all going to be on a fucking flight together and get shit face. I mean, they're very lucky when you think about it. Lesnar and... Kurt Henning almost opened the door mid-flight, 30,000 feet above the air. For anybody out there who's seen the movie Fight Club, you know what it's like when a plane goes whoop from the inside. So Because you go whoop. 
to the outside. He fucked up. Yeah, exacto mundo, buddy. <laughs> well, could you imagine a Brock now messed up like that? How much damage he could cause on a plane? Oh, yeah. No, he's probably as as cool as I love. As much as I love the cool legendary tell tales of yesteryear of how wrestlers used to, you know, do coke all the time, party it up, and rage. That's obviously why most of them are no longer living with us. So it's probably a good thing that they're, uh, you know, easing up there. Wrestlers are infamous, as we know, for dying in their 40s, 50s. They never seem to have a long life lifespan for the most part. Unless you're classy Freddie Blassie. That's about all I can think of. So. Yes. I believe that will conclude us for match six here on yeah. Off Rope Tuesday. Uh, I believe we come up with our next topic for another show at some point. Uh, wrestlers and porn. Wrestlers and <laughs> porn, dude. We're totally doing it. <laughs> you know it. And uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> so please make sure you go like, share, subscribe to the YouTube page, to hellentertainment.com. Go pick up your merch, support us, support the beer habits, support the little money that we have. We need more. We need more to do this. Thank you to the Dorking Network, Podcast Network, for always supporting us. and. Go stream it. All the all the episodes, all the matches up there on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all your audio sites, and you can check the recap of this video out on hellentertainment.com in the next day or so ish. Yes, and uh, once again, not only our great sponsors in uh, Deadly Grounds Coffee and the Dorkening Podcast, but don't forget, folks. Like I said earlier in the show, <clears throat> go check out Kojo's in New Bedford. The ultimate toy world. The place is awesome. You will not regret it. I guarantee it. On that note, folks, we are going to leave you with the 10-bell salute once again for New Jack Rest in Power. Uh, you will be missed. You'll be wrestling. Do your thing up there. Go fight Eddie Guerrero. Go do some stuff. We'll lost, use the 10-bell salute. the New Jack. Here's to you, brother. <laughs> <laughs>